0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. If there's ever a mountain peak view that we are driving up towards while we have just arrived, in Romans chapter number 8. It, it's going to be a biblical high. This chapter uh, is just going to be great to get a hold of. In chapter 3, we learned, well, throughout the whole book of Romans, we learned some things about God's imputed righteousness. Romans chapter 3, we learned it was by faith. Romans chapter 4, we learned that that does not contradict itself. And we look at Old Testament scripture. Romans chapter 5, we learned that God's imputed righteousness keeps us eternally saved. Romans chapter 6, we learned that God's imputed righteousness does not produce a sinful life, rather, a holy life. Romans chapter 7, we learned that the law cannot sanctify us. And now, Romans chapter 8, we are going to learn about the indwelling Holy Spirit. That will lead all believers into a life of holiness and godliness. In Romans chapter 8, the Holy Spirit gives the believer three assurance of three things. One, you have the spirit of power. Two, you have the spirit of adoption. And three, you have the spirit of hope. Those are the three main things we're going to look at in this chapter. We talked about Romans 7. As being a funeral march. Remember we mentioned that. That's that funeral march is dying to self. Not so in Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. It's a wedding march. And it is a march. Of the Holy Spirit. So that's the big contrast. Between those two chapters. God imputes his righteousness. We are justified. He declares us right. He declares us just. And a godly life, it is the fruit of that justification. And you know where that comes from? The power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're getting into in Romans 8. You will always, don't lose sight of this, always be in conflict with your flesh. We will always be in conflict with the world. That is not going to change. It's not. Don't try to fix that. Instead, here's something else that won't change. You and I can always have victory through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the idea behind Romans 8. The conflict of the flesh and the world's not going away, but either is the victory that is wrought in believers through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we've got to get a hold of that and praise God. This is the mountain peak high. In Romans 8 says in verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. I hope that's you this morning who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. You can have 100% assurance from God this morning that you are completely safe from God's wrath. And God's judgment. Why? Because you are in Christ. You have been completely delivered. By God. No condemnation. And you have complete freedom. From the guilt of sin. And the power of sin. There is no condemnation. In you. If you are in Christ Jesus. Better be in him. Because that's the only way. That you will have no condemnation. This is why we bring the gospel to the lost and dying world. Because they're already. never they haven't believed on the son. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. Isn't that a beautiful verse? There is therefore now no condemnation. The gospel did that for you. Sports didn't do it for you. Hobbies didn't do it. Successful careers didn't do it. Personal achievements didn't do it for you. The gospel did that for us. The gospel allows us to lay claim, there's no condemnation. Have you believed the gospel? I understand Christians, we all grow at different paces. I get that, that sanctification process that's wrought by the Holy Spirit. But I'm telling you, that is not the case with God's imputed righteousness because the moment you believe God imputed His righteousness to you, that was an instantaneous, definite, miraculous of one-time event that happened where you received God's imputed righteousness. At that moment, You can lay claim to Romans 8 verse 1 There is now therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus You say I feel condemned, why? You can't condemn yourself Your family can't condemn you Your friends can't condemn you The law can't condemn you (laughs) The wrong things that you do can't condemn you Why? You're in Christ Not now, not tomorrow, and not forever. You are in Christ. Nobody can condemn you. And get a hold of it, Because people will try to talk you out of something. Living for God, your salvation, whatever it is. You know what it starts in verse number one? It says, there is therefore now no condemnation. That's how it starts. Watch how it ends. Look at the last verse in Romans. Verse 39, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us. You see that? Shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It starts out the chapter, no condemnation if you're in Christ. The chapter ends with, you will never be separated if you're in Christ. No condemnation, no separation that's something to rejoice about and that's something and that's something it don't matter what befalls you you are secure in Christ many people let me qualify that many christian people dwell on past sin why romans 8 tells you there's no condemnation Romans 8 tells you at the end, you can't be separated from Christ, nor his love. What do you think? God's going to love you more if you didn't do all the past sins that you're dwelling on? Get out of the past and get into the present. Romans 8.1. You don't have any condemnation. A lot of people, a lot of Christians, they they may not get caught in the past and start dwelling there. Man, throw those old movies out. Throw them out. Quit replaying them. And some people don't do that. Some have thrown them out. Their problem is they can't get rid of their present sin. <laughs> they keep building more rooms on the house so that they can sin presently. Now, you want to build an addition on your house. Maybe it, maybe it should be a prayer closet. <laughs> Maybe it should be the holiness room, you know, put over holiness unto the Lord. And using a physical analogy to hopefully get out some spiritual truth, but you are not condemned. And if you're in Christ Jesus, that is your position. So let me ask you this morning. Are you in Christ or not? Don't start thinking there's degrees of this. Well, I got my big toe in, but my whole foot isn't in. I got my leg in, but I don't have my whole body in. There isn't degrees, well, I'm a little bit in, or I'm uh, I'm not really fully in. You're either in or you're out. You're either in Christ with no condemnation and no separation from him or his love, or you're not in him. It's one or the other. It's not, well, I'm halfway there, but I just need to get a little more. What are you this morning? Either one or the other, in or out. If you're in, no condemnation. If you're out, you're, you're condemned already. Get in. Get in on it. Look at verse number two, Romans 8. Starts off with the word for. That shows up over a dozen times, I believe, just in Romans 8 alone. When you see that word, it's assigning reason. For. It's an appeal to some mental attention to the what's and the why's. For. It's there for a reason. We have to, we have to patiently follow these fours in Romans chapter 8. The fours matter. You need the fours. The NIV takes out about eight or nine of them. You say, why Why is that? Well, because they want the Bible to read. They want it to read kind of like an easy novel to you. They don't want you to have to patiently work through it and study it. I'm telling you, you need the fours. There's a whole lineup of the fours in Romans 8. Count them later this, uh, this afternoon uh, to, to make sure I was right on my number. But it says, for the law... Of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. You have two principles. Law of life on the one hand. The law of sin and death on the other hand. Law of life, it was brought to you by none other than the Lord Jesus Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. He that hath the son hath life. that hath not the son of god hath none right you trusted christ you were free from sin and now you have a power to no longer commit sin what is that power who is that power the holy spirit that's what you and i have You got something that will offset sin's power. Now, for example. I am holding this Bible up. When I hold this Bible up, I am offsetting another power. I am offsetting another law. When I let go of the book, another law takes over, the law of gravity. But there's another power working here that is offsetting another law, right? We can see that. I'm telling you, that's the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because without any Holy Spirit, we're just, we're just going to fall down to the ground. There's nothing... To uphold us, there's nothing to sustain us. There's nothing to offset the power of our flesh to do wrong and to sin. So if you are in Christ, you are, you have a power, the Holy Spirit's power to uphold you and offset another law that would cause you to sin. Praise God for that. This law of sin and death that it talks about in Romans 8.2, it says it made me free. You see, that made me free from the law of sin and death. Because that law is incapable of serving God, it's completely dominated by sin and the flesh. Let's get a reminder in uh, Romans 7. Look at it in verse 21. So it says, I find that a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my member. I'm going to take a, a guess here and say that I'm not the only one that has tried to live a righteous life in my own power. And then the war starts. And I end up messing up. And the next thing you know. I'm under the penalty of the law of sin. I'm sure you've done this. Second Corinthians 5. You don't have to turn there. But it says this. Therefore if any man be in Christ. He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold. All things are become new. Our old life is over. We should not be dominated by sin anymore. We have a new life. We died with Christ. We were buried with Christ. We were risen with Christ. That's our baptism. We publicly are confessing that. It's all passed away. It's all done. So you don't have to try to live on your own power tap into the power of the Holy Spirit because that power will, withhold, will uphold you. It's done. Your old life's over. And there's four things that we need to get an understanding of that will help us. Because I've been here. At this thought, I'm going to give you. Well, I just don't know. I'm not really as spiritual as I think I should be. I'm not really doing this right as much right as I think I should be. I'm not really living as holy or a godly life as I should be. I've thought those things. I'm sure you have as well. And so there's a side of us that will, there's a side of our flesh that will try and talk us out of our salvation. And look, if you've got some things in your life, clean them up. I'm not saying leave all the dirty laundry out and just move on. Clean them up. But you're not going to clean it up on your own power. You're going to have to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit and have him do some house cleaning. Now, with that said, you have to accept God's ruling as final, as irrevocable, and as 100 complete. Have you trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior? That transaction is complete. Nobody and no one can take that away from you. And you won't have full, settling, 100% assurance until you get a hold of that thing. That what God did, the transaction that was made, it is irrevocable. The question is, was that transaction made? Are you in Christ? I can't tell you that. Only you and God got to work that thing out. Number two, got to realize this. If you're in Christ, Satan cannot touch you. Yeah, you heard that right. He may tempt you. It don't matter if you feel happy or sad, if you feel successful or unsuccessful. Your feelings don't matter. Satan can't touch you. If you feel bad about yourself, Maybe you need to get something right in your life. Maybe Satan's telling you something that you shouldn't be listening to. Maybe you're talking to yourself messing up. But you got to understand, he can't touch you. That's why it said in Romans 6, likewise reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, I'm going to dwell on my past sins. Why? I'm going to dwell on my present sins. Why? I'm going to dwell on my future sins. You know, the ones I didn't commit yet, but I probably will because I'm just so bad. What I did in the past was, would you just quit with all that? Satan can't touch you. Why are you trying to talk yourself into allowing him to touch you? Number three, you got to make sure you get a hold of this. Stand. Stand as a new creature in Christ. That's your position. You're in Christ. You're saved eternally. A legal court ruling through the blood of Jesus Christ. So stand in him. That's your position. Accept God's ruling. Know that Satan cannot touch you. Stand as a new creature. What what, what if I fail? Christ died for you. Stand in him. Christ rose again. Stand in him. What if I sin? Christ paid me. Covered in the Past, present, future sins. Covered it. Number four, get a hold of this. You're not an Adam anymore. The old man has been crucified. Its conversations and its deeds should be put off. You don't walk after the flesh anymore. You walk after what? The spirit. Welcome to Romans 8. That's who we walk. Stop beating yourself up. Stop bogging yourself down. Get a hold of the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a power that's indwelt in every Christian. And free from the law of death. Talks about in Romans 8. You see that at the very end of verse 2. Look at it again so it's fresh in your mind there's two laws there compacted into the end of this verse it says the law of sin and death. If you look at Romans 7 look at verse 11 for sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me and by it slew me. Wherefore the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good was then was then that which is good made death unto me God forbid but sin. That it might appear sin working death in me by that which is good. That sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. Now, we already preached on Romans 7. But as cross-referencing this law of death, you've got a higher power. Look, the law is always going to be holy. It's always going to be just. It's always going to be good. That doesn't change now. The only thing you can do is work death in you there's nothing it's just as holy as it ever was there's nothing wrong with god's law so why do we always have to be reminded that we're saved by grace that we're under grace that we, we'd be sanctified by god's grace and and that we have to constantly be reminded look we're not under the law the flesh cannot meet the law's demand we understand that right but when we try to live a righteous life and follow commands or laws under the power of our own flesh, what do you think that's going to wrought in your life? Death. So we're not trying to live our life in the flesh to meet the demands of the law. Romans 8 tells us we have the power of the Holy Spirit. So we walk after the Spirit and allow Him, the people, to do Thou shalt not covet. And you're going to try to keep, come on. You don't keep that command. Thou shalt not covet. Ladies, I'll I'll say three things. Pinterest, Facebook Marketplace, Amazon. Thou shalt not covet. How you doing? Come on. Gentlemen, thou shalt not covet. Two words, and and it'll settle the whole thing to show how you're doing. Two words. Cabela's gunbroker.com. I mean, how you doing? I mean, how am I doing? Come on. You have kids? They ever said, well, I want. <laughs> so, okay, let's go out and try to keep the law. All we're going to find out is we can't keep the law, and then we're going to have a closet full of guns. <laughs> I'm not saying don't have, I'm not saying don't saying have guns. I'm not saying don't go ahead and pin stuff all day. Get your whole phone pinned. Everything's pinned. I'm going to pin this, pin this. Buy, I'm going to buy this gun, buy that gun. Kids are going to want that. Look, get all the stuff. Fine, have it. But you got to understand something. None of us can live up to the command, Thou shalt not come. You can't. You know how many ways there are to heat a house? I can guarantee you, the way that you picked and the person that you're going to visit next month or next week or next year, and they have a different way of heating their house, you know what you're going to say? You know what? I wish I would have done it that way. But you didn't. Thou shalt not covet. We can't live a sanctified, godly life by trying to obey commands of the flesh. We need something that's going to outweigh that law and hold us up. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. power of the Holy Spirit. I know all you ladies are saying that the Holy Spirit told me that I should buy this. And I know all those fellows are saying, look, the Holy Spirit told me I should buy. All right, we'll move along. I said, done with that. Romans 8, verse number three. Watch what it says. Well, what the law could not do, talked about that. In that it was weak through what? The flesh. God sending his own son, the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemns sin in the flesh. Now, we all know that Jesus wasn't sinful. He was sent for sin. Romans 8.3. A sinless man in the flesh. He comes and he condemns sin in the flesh. The law basically appeals to the inability of the flesh and condemnation. Try to keep it. You can't. What? Inability of the flesh. So guess what Jesus did? He came in the flesh. He kept it. All we like sheep have gone astray and turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Law couldn't do it, so God stepped in. God did it. Go to first Peter two. First Peter two. Look at verse twenty four. Oh no no no. First Peter two. I think I wrote it down wrong. What, what's the verse? Talk about bear our sins on his body in the tree. I thought it was First Peter somewhere. Is it? Oh, I had it right. I was just in. Okay, I got you. I got you. All right, First Peter two, uh, verse twenty-four. The Bible says, "Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes." Ye were healed. All I'm trying to bring out is that the inability of our flesh can't keep the law. Yet Jesus, unless God sent his son manifest in a body of flesh who is sinless. He came to die for sin in His. It was taken on his body of flesh. Does that make sense? So just that comparison there between our flesh and his flesh. He took our sin in his body on Calvary's tree and he died fulfilling the righteousness of of the law. Now it doesn't matter if you're at church, don't matter if you're at home, doesn't matter if you're at school, don't matter if you're at work. There's rules, there's regulation. How many of you like rules? Okay, how many of you like them if you get to make them <laughs> that right? I mean, there's a bit of a difference there. We make rules to make our life easier. This is why companies have them, schools have them, churches have them, all that. They say, well, it's not in the Bible. Nobody says that about the work. There's rules to keep people safe and to keep some order. But I will say this. People find ways around rules. And if you look hard enough and your heart desires to find a loophole, a way around the world, you're going to find it. Kids will find it. Adults will find it. If you want to break the rules, you will find a way. Why? Because nobody can ultimately make, do something that you don't want to do. Picture with me for the for a minute, the father that says to his son, say sorry to your sister. Now, if he makes the, If he makes the boy do that, on one sense, he just taught him it's okay to lie because that kid's not sorry that he hit his sister. Say say you're sorry to your sister. And all he's going to do is lie and say he's sorry to his sister because he ain't sorry to his sister. He's just saying it to get dad off of his back. Now, how many of us have done things like that? Haven't we done where we're just doing it to do it To get dad off our back. Or to get mom off our back. Or get the boss off our back. Or whatever it is. But our heart didn't desire it. I want brother to say I'm sorry to sister. But I would rather brother say I'm sorry to sister. Because he wants to. You ever have one of the kids run up to their room. He's only saying sorry. Because you made him dad. Well she's. Telling the truth. And you best. To just own it. You know what? You're right. But I figured at that time. It was better than anything. (laughs) It was better than doing nothing. Look that thing goes. In so many directions. You can't make somebody do what they don't want to do. You can't make somebody feel sorry. Christ. Condemned sin. In the flesh. And was in all points. Tempted as like we are. Yet without sin. Jesus that was not wallowing in the mire of sin. Jesus came to pull us out of wallowing in the mire of sin. When he pulled us out, he gave us some special power, his indwelt, Holy Spirit. There is a philosophy today that says... In order to win the world, we must become like the world. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus came down and lived among sinful men, yet he stayed out of sin. So we are to be like Jesus. We're not to look at something that's sinful and say, well, let's try to use that sin to bring someone in. We will win them over. But we won't win them over to a holy God or a righteous God. We'll win them over to. They'll win us over to what they're into. And that is not how Jesus helps us. He pulls us out of a mess. He doesn't take the mess and bring it in and say everything's okay. He takes us out. Uh. I'm not really a bird watcher, but I know some are. And there's a cowbird that apparently will lay eggs in another nest. And the cowbird does this and waits until the resident bird of that nest leaves. And then that cowbird will either remove or damage the resident bird's eggs uh, to keep her eggs. And, And what she does, this cowbird... She lays her eggs in another bird's nest. She, that, that, uh, that other mama bird now has the responsibility to raise them. They weren't the original residents. Now, I don't know if the cowbird mama bird is just a lazy bird, but th- that's a common thing with cowbirds. You know, God sent the Israelites in to destroy and to, and to, and to drive out the original residents. Of that land, you know what resides in us? Sin and death. That law. So you know what God does? He sends some, He sends someone in, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, to take up residence in here and drive the original residence out. <laughs> Get that sin out of here. Get that unholiness out of here. Get that ungodliness out of here. I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to hold you up. And that's what we got to get a hold of. There's a power that will hold you up. That will offset another law. And that law of gravity only can offset if I let go. God moved in. Get a hold of that. God wants to rule your life. Get a hold of that. God said, I can can indwell in you and make you something that you thought you would never be. So quit reminding yourself of all the stupid stuff you did in the past. Get a hold of the Holy Spirit. Last verse. Romans 8, verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. God's imputed righteousness Allows us now to do right. Sin is a condemned criminal. And like I said earlier. I'll say it again. Stop visiting. You're under no obligation. To pay that criminal a visit. Romans 8.4. That the righteousness of the law. Might be filled in us. and We see this again. Who walk not after the flesh. But after the. The spirit you know what you have as a believer a new walk You received christ you had a new spirit Unbeliever you walked according to the flesh you rejected christ You established your own righteousness by trying to keep the law Some type of workable law we all did it And if we're not careful our, our flesh is just prone to that If we're not care- careful careful We will try to sanctify ourselves by our own flesh, our own flesh's desires to try to keep laws, rules, and commands. God wants you to allow his Holy Spirit to guide you and hold you up. So that the things that you do are done with the right motive. And you're not just doing them do. Fire and water are opposed to each other. Water always seeks the lowest area. Fire tries to get as high as it can. Water will put out fire. And likewise, fire will evaporate water. You can't have fire and water in the same place. It's the same with the flesh and the spirit. The flesh is always prone to go down. The spirit's always prone to go up. You can't have both in the same place. If you take water and you pour it into a kettle, that water is going to sink to the bottom of that kettle. You take that kettle and you put that kettle over a fire, the power of the fire is going to work through that kettle. It's going to work into that water and it's going to, that water then is going to rise as steam. You've all done that. We've all seen that. It acts like fire. It gets as high as it can. It acts like fire, but it's not fire. It acts like it because it's under the power of the force of that fire. And what happens is that heat, you put that heat to it, that fire is going to push that water, make it steam. It's going to rise up. But that steam gets too far away from the fire. What's going to happen? It's going to fall back down to the ground. It's going to come, it's going to form into water droplets and it's going to fall right back down to the ground. What's the only reason that steam went up? It was under the force or the, or the power of that fire working against it. You know, it's a funny thing. People trust Christ. And then they try to live their life under their own power. Why? Stay as close as you can to God. People are happy. They're joyful. They're reading their Bible. They're attending all the church services. They're trying to grab some, uh, some evangelistic opportunities through the week. I mean, all that's great. You know the reason that happened? You do more of that the closer you get to God. You start getting away from God. You're not reading your Bible, not doing your devotions. You're not praying. Misservice service here, misservice service there. Miss fellowship here, miss, miss fellowship there. The next thing you know, the further you get away, it's like that steam going up. Further, it gets away from the fire. It turns the water droplets, falls back down to the ground. What's the lesson for this morning? Get as close to God as you can. Allow the Lord to lift you up. Last thought, last thought, experience versus arguments. Personally, I've had a lot of experience stepping on the mat in my former life and having matches or fights. And many, many times afterwards, Someone would argue with me where well, you should have done this. You should have done that. You shouldn't have done this. Instead, you should have done that. And I wouldn't listen because they didn't have any experience. All they had was an argument, but they didn't have any experience. So I made it a habit of listening to people that have experience. Hey, who's done it? Probably be a good idea to listen to that person. I've been a Christian, I've been saved for 23 years. That's 23 years of experience. So someone that doesn't have any experience being a Christian or is a new Christian, I have a hard time listening to their arguments as to why we do this, why we don't do that. They have an argument, but they don't have experience. And here's what I want to tell you after 23 years of experience, living for the Lord. On one end, I feel I'm farther from the Lord than I've ever been. But on the other side, I feel like I'm closer to the Lord than I've ever been. On one side, I feel like I'm doing things in the power of my flesh and wondering why we're not getting other, or different, or better, or filling the blank as results. And the other side, I feel like I'm trying to trust the Holy Spirit, allow the Holy Spirit to guide me. And if, it, if this is what it is, it is what it is. And if this is what the problem is, this is what the problem is. And if it's not what the problem is, it's not, I, I don't know. Now, if you've been saved any length of time, I'm going to bet that you've had those same thoughts. The Christian life and the relationship with God is built on experiencing the Holy Spirit's power and trying to squelch your own fleshly human power. Look, I don't mean you've got to go to Asbury and get all worked up. I don't mean that type of experience. You know what I mean? You've got to have some time down the road to get to know God somebody that's been married for the year for 1 year do you think you want to take advice from them or would you rather take advice from the person that's been married for 40 years and is still married Would you rather take advice through the, through the person that went through a horrible situation in their marriage and the Lord worked it out or wrought it out or whatever happened? And or would you rather take advice from the person that's married six months that's not been down the road at all and it's all flowers and rainbows to them? You can't argue people into wanting to live right. They are going to have to get. Boots in the ground. And they're going to have to get some experience. Walking their own life. With God. They're going to need to get their own experiences. With the Lord. And that will grow. I can't live off of your Holy Spirit. And you can't live off of my Holy Spirit. Hey Isaiah, can I have some of your Holy Spirit this week? Yeah brother, you got Joan. (laughs) Um, I got my full tank, you got your full tank. The difference is, maybe you need to start tapping into a full tank. Well I don't have the experience you do. Well, then why don't you go get some, brother? (laughs) Like, why are you trying to tap off of my Holy Spirit? When God saved you, He gave you a full tank of Holy Spirit. And it was 100% octane. It wasn't 87 or 93 or whatever. You got all of it. You got the full octane, everything. But you have to start living and experiencing the Holy Spirit's power We all do. And I've gotten myself in trouble more times than not by trusting my own flesh as a safe person. And I'm just telling you, 23 years of experience, I'm just telling you, that doesn't work. There was a point where I thought, well, if you just made the right rules and regulations, everything will go well. That doesn't work. It doesn't. I just thought if I had all the doctrine worked out and I understood how to rightly divide the Bible, that would be the key. There are many people that have a lot of right doctrine that's worked out and they go off and they do stupid sins of the flesh and it ruins their ministry. Their doctrine didn't change. The experience that I'm trying to give you this morning from 23 years is this, Romans 8. You have got to get a hold of the Holy Spirit and live through His power. And teach others that they've got a full tank too to get a hold of it. Because you're not going to make somebody do something they don't want to do. The Holy Spirit has to do it.